0: Talking Books, our new song 106 to 108.
1: Can love save or rescue us from a personal crisis? Hello, how are you? And you're very welcome to Talking Books. I'm Susan Cahill. It's lovely to have your company this evening. Well, it's bank holiday Sunday night, so I hope you're all taking it nice and easy, nice and slow, and chilling out with whatever you're having. Well, I've done a bit of a bunk, yes, I've taken a few days off, for a bit of quality or and ore, so I'm replaying you some highlights from talking books from over the year. This evening, we're going to meet with two smashing writers, one a Spaniard, the other an Englishman, two men, I think, of great insight, sensitivity and bite. José Overo unravels the nature of love and our abilities for personal transformation. And British philosopher Simon Critchley talks about the cult and history of memory. OK, first up, let's meet with the charming José Oviro and Lamvention del amor.
0: My name is José Ovejero, I'm a Spanish writer, I live in Madrid now after having lived abroad for, I don't know, 30 years, and I write a bit of everything, essays, plays, novels, short stories, travel books, so I'm really a writer, I wouldn't say I'm a novelist, I am a poet, I'm a bit of everything.
1: Can I start off with a big open question, in relation to your latest book, The Invention of Love, do you think we all have a capacity to reinvent ourselves, it creates huge opportunities, but also there's a lot of tricky areas, a lot of dark spaces we can go into. Well,
0: I mean, starting with your last words, those dark spaces are very interesting from a literary point of view. So I, I would say that the biggest part of my literature tries to look at these places. And about the reinvention of oneself, I think it's necessary to live. I mean, you cannot live if you if you don't imagine a different possibility of yourself. And I mean this not in just in, the, in your personal life, but also for society. A society is not able to imagine a different world, a, bit, a different way of living together. It stays there. It doesn't evolve. So I think imagination, the possibility of reinventing yourself, inventing other possibilities of living, is essential to life.
1: And where does that meet loneliness?
0: Well, in my novel, Samuel, the, the main character is somebody who is lonely, but not in a tragical way. He, he, he would say, no, that's all right, I, I live alone, but... It's fine with me. Why not? Why should we live all in couples or in groups? That's fine. Nobody bothers me and so on. The problem with loneliness is that you tend to repeat yourself, to live in a kind of a quotidianity that doesn't change. You are not challenged with the contact with other people. So that Samuel is lonely and is a bit bored. And therefore, he starts this crazy idea of getting in love with somebody who has just died and who he has never met.
1: And it all starts with a rather curious phone call.
0: Yes, somebody calls him in the middle of the night and to tell him, Samuel, yes, that's me, uh, I'm sorry, I'm very sorry, Clara is dead. And Samuel does a peculiar thing because the normal thing would have been to say, um, sorry, I think this is a misunderstanding, I am Samuel, but I don't know any Clara he just gets curious, so he said, "Oh, what a pity!" And how was it? And and the other guy tells about the story of Clara, how he has, she has died in a crash in car accident, and he gets involved in this story at the beginning a bit just out of boredom. But I would say because somebody, some people ask me, why does he do what he does, and I, I say always. He's just curious. He's in this life. He says that I am all right, but he's not really all right. He needs a bit of risk, of danger. And I think risk and danger is also necessary for our life. We tend to live lives now where we want to exclude risk. And we want to be secure. This is the the huge world nowadays, no? And but security is boring too.
1: And he takes quite a risk because the novel progresses to him going from a funeral to getting close with the sister, and it becomes quite bizarre.
0: Yes, it becomes quite bizarre. But I would say, it's not love like this. Mm. I mean, we, when we get in love, too, what would the uh, do we do we invent the other Mm -hmm. mm, to project our desires our fantasies on the other we make a kind of perfect other in which to get in love what do we do to uh, we invent ourselves Mm -hmm. to seduce Mm -hmm. so we create a huge fantasy and then what's life afterwards trying to decide what part of the fantasy is worth Living To live on with this fantasy, what part of reality are we ready to accept and so on. This is a transaction afterwards, no? But love at the beginning is as crazy as as Samuel.
1: It's a very interesting idea, Jose, but I'm wondering that your lead character, Samuel, he's very disconnected in life. And in some ways, this fantasy relationship gives him meaning and he suddenly feels connected to the world. He feels more certain in the world. and. That's very, very very sad. It's also very, very interesting.
0: Well, I I don't find it sad. I think it's a a good idea of Samuel to to get (laughs) reconnected to the world, to start using fantasy. It's the world of literature, isn't it? To imagine other worlds that connect us with our world.
1: But he's playing with other people's feelings. That's the
0: only problem. It's a big problem, (laughs) if you want. But it's true that he's lying to Clara's sister, To her former lover, he's impersonating someone, uh, mm. and yeah, that's true. He's a bit uh, kind of of hard to to other people. Yeah.
1: So, in some ways, were you attempting this novel to look at the lies and the games we all play in romance and in human relationships?
0: Yeah, I, I must say, I have a very humble approach to to novel. I in, in but I mean it really. I don't try anything. I, I don't want to, to get the message over to society and to the world. I don't know what I want to say. I, I just grow interested in in a subject. I imagine this situation of the phone call and I say to me, Oh, how interesting. Let's play. Let's go on. What's happened? What what will happen? But of course it doesn't mean that in my books there are no ideas. Mm. I don't intend consciously mm. to pass these ideas over to the world, but of course if we if I am writing and if I am trying to look at those dark places mm. where we were talking about, at the end I get a kind of deep insight in, in reality.
1: What's interesting there is Jose that men and women engage in fantasy in different ways. Mm-hmm. And with different boundaries. And I'm wondering how have men and women differed in their reading of The Invention of Love?
0: Well, I have, of course, uh, a limited insight in how men and women read this story. But what has happened many times since I wrote this book is that many men come to me and say, I am Samuel. I am like this. I don't know, how, how, how have you written this? You don't know me, <laughs> but that's myself, you <laughs> know? Because yeah. I live this kind of isolated life, trying to get entertained, but not happy, mm-hmm. not risking yeah. enough, and so on. So many men have reacted like this. I wouldn't say many women, but some have said to me, but this Samuel is unbearable. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't want... Karina to get involved with this guy Mm -hmm. because he's going to lie all his life Mm -hmm. through. So he's not a character I would sympathize with. So with some exceptions, there were also some women who said to me, well, you know, Samuel is a man, but I'm a bit like this too. Mm -hmm. I understand why he acts like he acts.
1: But maybe it tells you how men and women, how we define lying and without making any gross generalizations, women possibly give greater significance to that type of betrayal rather than men? Or do you think that's pushing it a bit and a bit simplistic?
0: Well, I am always afraid of talking about women and men like two different species. (laughs) So I, I tend to be very, very careful. The only thing I thing I could say is that women give very often more importance to idea of total sincerity. Mm -hmm. A thing I don't believe in because I don't think it exists. It cannot exist. But I think they tend to give more worth to this fantasy, which is also, all fantasies are interesting, but I think it's a fantasy.
1: But you think the character of Samuel could have been a Sophia?
0: No, I, without being able to, to say why, I think uh, the character for Samuel had to be a man. But this kind of life without much contact to mm-hmm. others. It's a more manly thing mm-hmm. than a womanly mm-hmm. thing, if I can generalize, like like this. This kind of living with your TV and your football and yeah. so on and not caring about feelings and so on, it tends to be, to be found more in the realm of men. So, so I thought, no, this character has to be a man. But interestingly enough, some people have asked me, wouldn't you write the second part of it? How will mm-hmm. we go... How will be the relation now between Karina and Samuel? And my answer has been, well, I didn't think of it, but if I do it, I will do it from the perspective of Karina, not of Samuel. So then I would change the way to to approach it.
1: Can we talk about some of the writers that have inspired you, both Spanish and also from further afield? I know you're a Philip Roth fan.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Philip Roth, Don Delilo are authors who, who have inspired me in the in the last years, because at the beginning I was more influenced by the boom of Latin American literature, Julio Cortázar or García Márquez or Rulfo and, and so on. But this, interestingly enough, I am not talking about Spanish writers, because I have I haven't been very aware of the influences of Spanish literature on my on my work perhaps because I have lived abroad for